0: Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stepped into a little bit of a controversy when a conversation between him and other world leaders was captured by the camera. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. We talk with Stuart Thompson from the National Post about what he said, who he was talking about and what the fallout was. Don't forget, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your audio. We'd love it if you could leave us a rating and a review, and please tell your friends about us. So, Stuart, why is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau facing scrutiny for this conversation he had uh, in London at a NATO summit on Tuesday night?
1: Yeah, well, so this was a conversation actually at Buckingham Palace, and... Trudeau, this is one of those cocktail um, events they have. And Trudeau was talking to Princess Anne and uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson and the French President Emmanuel Macron. And the unfortunate thing for Trudeau in this is that he is directly facing the camera. And everything he said gets picked up. So, you know, Macron at at some point is clearly also speaking and he had kind of a testy press conference with Trump, so you can only guess what he's saying. But what they were doing was talking about Trump's uh, press conference that ran pretty long and he had unexpectedly announced that the G7 was going to be at Camp David uh, next year. That's the presidential retreat in Maryland. So, Trudeau's explanation for that on Wednesday was that they were just kind of laughing at the unexpected announcement and the reaction of uh, Trump's team uh, beside him. And it, it does appear that Macron was actually made late for the cocktail event by the long press conference. So, uh, it was just the kind of gossipy banter. I mean, this is kind of one of those things that, you know, we so rarely get to see. We see the very well produced media events that they kind of know what they're going to talk about and there's talking points. And this was one of those moments that we don't normally get to see. So I think that's why it's so salient. Um, there is definitely worse smack being talked about Trump in the past. Um, but this Mm -hmm. was just one of those
0: sort of impromptu ones that we got to see. So what, like, what was Trudeau saying that was so shocking? Like he was talking about like Trump's team's jaws hitting the floor. Was this just over Like in response to what Trump was saying at this impromptu press conference or this impromptu statement at this press conference, I'm like, kind of spell out what Trudeau said that may have been so shocking.
1: Yeah, I th- my personal opinion of this, I've been covering this all day and I've watched that video a bunch of times, the actual content of what they were saying is pretty innocuous. Like That's something that happens all the time when a politician kind of goes off script or they start treading into waters that their people around them are getting nervous about. And as a journalist, you can just watch those people's faces and it's quite clear when things are going awry. Um, so it's not like it's something strange that they were talking about. I'm sure that Trump does that more than other politicians. Um, but to me, it's sort of the vibe of the video. And for our story today at The Post, we actually spoke to um, this this guy, Eric Miller, who's an expert on uh, international relations. And I think he kind of hit what I felt viscerally when I saw it, which is that this is very high school. Like, There's two <laughs> Uh, good-looking leaders who are kind of well-respected by the elites. You know, the press loves Trudeau, especially the international press. And Trump has always kind of positioned himself against those types of people. And you have this kind of gossipy video uh, of them kind of giggling about Trump. And uh, when you break down the words of what they were saying, it doesn't really translate to what you feel when you see it. As hard as that is to convey, I I think it's something that people will either see in the video or they won't. They'll either get it or they won't, but uh it seems to have hit a a nerve with Trump and we today the conservatives were having their caucus meeting and you know journalists just kind of grab MPs as they go in and they ask for comment on different things and there was like Michelle Rempel the Alberta MP made that exact comment that this was just very high school gossip-like. And that that's yeah. something people keep saying. And I think that's exactly what it is, is it was sort of a world of cliques. And you'd imagine that this exists uh, at this level as it does in every level of human life. So I think it's just one of those things. I think that Trump was probably um, a little bit embarrassed by it, a little bit hurt by it, um, in the way that I think any human being would be.
0: So it, the the international relations expert essentially said it's kind of like mean girls. It, I guess what's interesting about it is the, the idea that you see world leaders behave like that because they do live in such a scripted um, media messaged existence, right?
1: Yeah. And this is like for journalists, I think that we will often – over-accentuate these things. And my own personal belief is that politicians are telling you a lot when they decide with a lot of calculation what they want to say. And usually that is what they're going to do, is what they tell you. But I think for journalists, we tend to be worried about, you know, the the hidden narrative or what they're hiding from you. And there certainly are those things that's certainly worth covering. But I, I think sometimes it's at the cost of covering the things they are telling you at that moment, what they're going to do. But I I think this is a very human reaction. And I think that, you know, CBC posted it online last night. I just checked before we spoke. The video had more than 12 million views and it's just something people want to see. And I was, we were talking about it in our news meeting and I was kind of comparing it to You guys may be familiar with this, but I'll explain it to people who aren't that there's this sort of new uh, genre of video online where, you know, if there's interactions in sports games, especially baseball games, if managers are yelling at umpires or if pitchers are talking to batters, um, there's all kinds of lip reading and analysis going on these days. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it used to be as a fan, you would watch a baseball game and you would see the coach yelling at the umpire. And you could probably imagine what they're saying, but now we can actually figure that out. And this is just sort of a new world. It's these rarefied worlds that we never had access to, you know, through social media, through these kinds of videos, we can kind of get a taste of it. And I think that's an exciting thing. Um, I I think, though, the media does run the risk of over accentuating something that in the long run, it it doesn't necessarily have huge consequences.
0: Yeah, I, I, I Remember when the when this broke, I, there was lots of wondering. Well, the tweet storm from Trump is coming. He, well, he has responded to this in in a sense. He, it didn't get the same kind of social media ire from the president that you may have expected in the past. How has Trump responded to this incident?
1: I, I think it's probably fair to say a lot of people have said that Trump is thin skinned, and I think that's probably a fair appraisal. But I think also he just kind of enjoys this kind of pugilistic back and forth because Trump called uh, Trudeau two-faced Wednesday morning <laughs> in response. And I think that Trump was trying to make a play on the blackface scandal. Um, and then later in the day, NBC News reported that Trump had been picked up on another hot mic because there's just hot mics everywhere at this NATO summit apparently. Um <laughs> Trump was picked up saying that was really funny when I called him two-faced and you could tell like this is just something that you know he kind of enjoys mixing it up like this and Mm -hmm. I will say that I was kind of looking into the history of these hot mic gaffes and I had remembered a few of them and there was a few that I was aware of that I'd totally forgotten about Um, but this happened to Obama this happened to George W. Bush Mm -hmm. Uh, Bush had a famous one where he was uh, trying to talk to Tony Blair, and he was caught yelling, yo, Blair, and that kind of got caught (laughs) as this like meme of, you know, it became sort of this popular phrase after that. And it's just something that happens. It's really funny at the time, but it tends to dissipate. There is some history here, though, too. Like, it is worth remembering that um, in Charlevoix, Quebec, when they had the G7 summit, Trudeau gave a speech that he'd actually been giving for quite a while. It was about the aluminum and steel tariffs that Trump had imposed on Canada. And he'd sort of done his thing of towing the line between, you know, criticizing Trump for the tariffs, but not going too far. Somebody had apparently shown that to Trump, and I guess it was his first time seeing it, and he thought it was specific to the summit. And that was when he called Trudeau um, very dishonest and weak on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is it's sort of new ground for a lot of this stuff that, um, you know, those tariffs were later lifted. Who knows if they would have been lifted earlier. I kind of doubt it. Um, I don't think this had a big impact on it, but you know, these personal
0: spats, you know, maybe they do come into play sometimes. I mean, that is the one, the one piece of it. Like the, the, I know Canadians and Canadian media like to, Examine how important the role and the relationship is between the Canadian Prime Minister and the US President. And they, you know, you look back at uh, Brian Mulrooney and Ronald Reagan uh, drinking and singing together. You look at kind of like the, less friendly relationship between Harper and Obama. You know, you look at George W. Bush and and John Crutchin didn't necessarily share political ideals, but they seem to get along well. Uh, I think they both like to play golf as well. Um, How does this all factor into the idea that, you know, Trudeau and Trump either do or don't have a good relationship?
1: Yeah. And this is one of those things that it is even hard to determine whether they have a good relationship or a bad relationship. Because Trump tends to sway back and forth and all this stuff with Macron, um, it, it seems to have turned negative, but it was positive not too long ago. And, uh, it's hard to really know where you stand and it's hard to know how that standing affects things beneath the surface. So, um, I think that you can point to Pierre Trudeau and Nixon having just a toxic relationship, Um, like that's probably the, the low point of that, um, Harper and Obama didn't get along great, but it's hard to say what that actually affected in terms of policy. Um, you can look at the Keystone pipeline, but it's hard to imagine Obama, um, okaying that anyways. So Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where we don't have a counterfactual to say that, you know, this would have happened otherwise. And it tends to be more, you know, journalists, we tell stories. And when the history books are written, the personal relationships tend to be a good way to tell these stories. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean it's the most important thing. Um, There was at times when the NAFTA renegotiation got really fractious between the negotiators. And it does seem like they genuinely disliked each other personally, some people in that room, but they still got it done. So maybe it was a little harder, but it, it really is hard to know what exactly that caused or didn't cause in the long run.
0: Now, all of this comes as there's been talk about whether uh, President Trump is happy with his NATO allies and whether they're spending up to their uh, NATO commitments, a certain percentage of GDP. What is going on with with Canada and the US in relation to that?
1: (laughs) It's one of those issues that uh, Trump has a good point. Um, He just has real trouble communicating it. NATO, the idea in NATO is that everybody spends 2% of their GDP on defense spending. And Mm -hmm. Canada is not there. Uh, We haven't been there for quite a while. Um, I think the most recent estimates is that we're around 1.3 ish around that area. And this is something that uh, Trump has been talking about. And it kind of doesn't really get mentioned. But this is something that Barack Obama also mentioned. And he was especially vocal about this. Um, when he was leaving office and he was doing sort of legacy interviews on foreign policy, Barack Obama would talk about how the U.S. is paying for a lot of stuff and everybody else isn't really uh, doing the same. So in NATO, if the U.S. is spending all this money and sort of carrying the load, they feel like everybody else is free riding on their spending. Um, So in general, the idea is that Canada would be spending up to that level. The Trudeau government has kind of, you know, I think Trudeau basically admitted it the other day that we're not up to snuff and, you know, the path to get there is uh, a little bit cloudy. Um, but this is the kind of thing when you hear Trump talk about this, he talks about it as if we're paying Jews to NATO <laughs> or to the US. And that's not really how it works. The idea is that Canada would be spending money on Canadian defense forces.
0: Now, back to the whole... Controversy, as you were, uh, about the conversation that that Trudeau was having with these other leaders. How has he tried to justify it or explain away what he was talking about since the video came out?
1: Yeah, one thing that I did notice is that he did not apologize for it based on the content of what he said. I don't think there was a whole lot to apologize for. It was more just the tenor of it. And um, I think what he sought to do on Wednesday was just sort of explain what they were talking about. Um, so in Trudeau's words, this was just about where the next G7 summit would be. It was about joking around with, um, Macron about how he was late for the cocktail event because of this long press conference with Trump Mm -hmm. and then kind of giggling about the, you know, the staffers that Trump has just kind of reacting to his unexpected announcement about the G7. So Trudeau's explanation was, we were just talking about this surprise that we hadn't been expecting and how that had kind of played into the evening here.
0: Which seems kind of reasonable. And you'd expect that leaders may want to talk about their day as it were, when (laughs) they get together. But I I suppose that it does, it does kind of highlight the idea that like they may live in a bubble, but it's a bubble that we can see and hear into. And they, they may also want to, I guess, choose their words a little more carefully at times. Yeah.
1: Although I would say uh, in light of this, that, there may be actually a breath of relief going ahead from these people because surely it could have been a lot worse if the mics had been going the whole night.
0: I suppose so. Uh, definitely a, a, an interesting little story that uh, you don't always get to see in world politics. Stuart, thanks for your time. Thank you. Ten Three is produced by Carson Jarama, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Stuart Thompson. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.